You're listening to the Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name's Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, we haven't done one of these shows, uh, I think, at least since COVID hit in this year. Um, We haven't done a pre-game show, but we considered that since the club made the finals, uh, it's the least we could do to to play our part. So, um, (laughs) Absolutely, mate. Everyone's got to do their bit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But... um, yeah, no, we wanted to have a quick show to, you know, basically read out the final side when it comes out. At this stage, it hasn't come out. We're still waiting. Um, we've got a special interview with Robert Shaw. Um, if uh, our listeners remember, we spoke to Robert in the preseason, uh, just prior to round one, I believe, and he um, gave us a few uh, predictions, uh, how he thought we'd go, and he ended up being pretty right, mate. He... Uh, he picked the Bombers could potentially make the eight, or he, he said, why couldn't they make the eight? And furthermore, he even pinpointed it further. He said, I think it'll be between Essendon and Fremantle who gets eight spot. Well, he couldn't get any more right on that, um, considering you know the last uh, day's play on Sunday. Um, and also he said that you know, a lot of our uh, hopes and dreams were pinned around Jake Stringer having a good year and, that came to fruition as well. So, yeah, he was uh, yeah, almost Nostradamus-like. He was, mate. And, um, yeah, I guess it was our opportunity to uh, uh, to tell him we were... we were, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Yeah, because, I mean, I think, you know, like most people, I'd say, I mean, you look at the media, no one picked us for the eight. Um, most of us fans were, um, I guess... Um, pretty realistic about what our chances were given the sort of turmoil the club was in, uh, you know, September last year, mate, um, because, uh, you know, we looked all at sea, um, you know, blokes walking out the door. Uh, even if we drafted well, you'd think, all right, well, that's it's going to be a development year at best. And, uh, you yeah, know, Robert Shaw defied that and said, no, nah, that's oh, – well, just paraphrasing, obviously, but that's a crap excuse. Um, you you play to win, and uh, yeah, as you say, mate, he uh, he he backed the boys, and and here we are. Yeah, and um, I guess before we uh, go to Robert, uh, we'll just quickly go to a couple of news things. Um, yeah, we're obviously waiting for the side. We're you know we're wondering how selection will go, and. We'll do our. Um, we'll actually read out the side uh, once we have it after our Robert Shaw interview. Um, but we're hearing names like Anthony McDonald, Tip Woody, uh, Kyle Langford, uh, Kale Hooker, even Nick Cox, uh, Jai Caldwell. So there's a whole heap of names being thrown up, but it's always hard to change a winning side. And uh, you know we've had good continuity, um, especially the last three weeks. So. Be interesting to see which way the club goes. And I guess, secondly, the other news for the today, and it doesn't affect us this year, mate, but um, uh, there was a bit of news floating about about Marv Choll from Richmond. Uh, the club has doubled down and seriously considering chasing Choll, um, uh, who is an unrestricted free agent, which, which means uh, we wouldn't have to give up a hell of a lot for it. Yeah, well, that'll be a, a great get. I mean, uh, for anyone that remembers... Our, our game against Richmond early in the year, he uh, he killed us off the halfback. Um, and going to the centre as well, um, he's quite athletic, um, you know, and seems to um, you know, get around the ground 
quite well. So, yeah, we could certainly do worse than having a look at that option. Yeah, well, I guess that's for uh, the pre-season show. But, um, yeah, as I said, well, I thought we should mention it because of the uh, the news coming up today. Um, why don't we have the break, mate? We'll come straight back with the Robert Shaw interview. And then after that, um, we'll actually read out the sides as they come to head. Great to have Robert Shaw join us again today. Um, Rob, uh, we discussed with you at the start of the season, actually, or just prior to the start of the season, um, and we, me and Nick thought it was going to be a development year, and you assured us, no, we're, we're much closer than that, and you actually pinpointed it so well that you actually said that it could be a case where it's a battle between Frio and Essendon to get that eighth spot, and that's exactly how it turned out. So, I don't know, uh, can you give me the Tatsalotto numbers for Saturday? Yes, I yeah, well we did, we spoke about that, mainly out of um let's call it my frustration at um not you guys, but um I I get annoyed. It's not excuses, it's um like the re rebuild and it's only a development year mm-hmm. uh really annoys me from the fact that that's automatically I remember um you know, the start of the year, and nothing wrong with Paul Brasher. He's done a great job, but he said, um, you know, we're definitely a developing team. Well, that's fine. And then a lot of people on social media, you know, I've got no expectations. Um, we'll be bottom, f- a very, very pessimistic group at the start of the year. And maybe because I've come under the influence of Kevin Sheedy for so long, mm-hmm. I just thought this was that absolute rubbish. And that's why I said two of the most exciting young lists in the competition of Fremantle and um, and Essendon. We didn't take into account injuries. We didn't take into account COVID. But um, one thing I've learned being a teacher and coaching at you know Brighton Grammar and it, kids, young people have got a great capacity to evolve and to grow. And um, I, I, I could see just from a little bit of gut feel, a little bit of experience, that the um, that uh, this group, and knowing McGrath the way I do, I taught him for t- six, seven years. Once him and Parish Heppel, um, these blokes got hold of this team as emerging leaders. I actually thought anything was possible, and that's not not being smart after the event because you've actually got it on um, on record. Yeah, absolutely. I guess um, you know with that, Shuri, like I was definitely one who had uh, Essendon finishing around between sort of twelve and sixteen, and I'm happy to admit, mate, I, I was wrong. Uh, so, um, just on that, you know, having taught Andy McGrath for you know such that period of time, obviously he's gone through a pretty serious injury during the course of this year, um, and he seems to have come out of it. And yep. um, he's played a couple of games now. He's he's looking pretty good. Got a bit of that rust off. Um, now, just from the outside looking in, it'd be pretty bloody hard to you know, keep yourself, I suppose, mentally in the game and and keep your sort of physical. Um, sort of things going. Like, what do you think it is about Andy McGrath that like keeps him, um, you know, so focused? 
He's a great driver of standards. He lifts people. He takes people with him. Um, he he has the capacity to um, be liked by everyone and respected, but at the same time, he's unconditional in the standards that he sets. And I guess maybe it's a little bit of a flow on from school because our school was very small. It's the smallest school in the the very strong APS system. He was the school captain. He was a captain of athletics. Um, he was the vice captain of the football team and he played in three school footy teams, uh, three school footy premierships uh, we shared together. And we were probably never ranked higher than third or fourth in the competition. But while we had good sides, I, I saw McGrath at work and even as a year 10 boy, when he first came into the side, the capacity to say, no, this is, you know, it, it's no good to be okay. Let's let's drive drive these kids. And um, being being so emphatic about what what you're capable of, he's, he's an outstanding leader and obviously very easy to coach. And I just had an inkling when, and this is nothing against Devon or Dylan, who were originally in the leadership group, but were left out. Nothing against David Zarakis, who's been a wonderful uh, veteran of our football club. I just had a gut feeling when the leadership group, now correct me if I'm wrong, it's Heppel, McGrath, Merritt, Parish and Langford, would that be? Is that uh, um, that's Hurley? Hurley's the Hurley. Four. Yeah, it's only four of them this year, so yeah. they reduced it. So okay, still the same philosophy. Every one of those boys started their careers at Essendon, yep. and every one of them, those boys, were invested in Essendon. So I, I just had talking to people and just having a a, a bit of an instinct for leadership and. I just thought, gee, that, that's a good call. That is a good call, and um, it's 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 worked out pretty well. And you had you had the development of Ben Rutten, mm -hmm. and this is not a disrespectful comment, but it's a fact. The coming of age of Ben Rutten without John Worsfold there has seen an emerging of a very sound and potentially an outstanding coach, very astute, put Heppel to halfback, put Laverde to fullback, um, you know, the use of Phillips early and then Draper has been very good. Um, and the introduction of role players, as mm. Kevin Sheedy calls them, no-name players, they're not going to go down as the most talented players ever to play for the Essendon Football Club, but the likes of... Snelling and Cutler, mm. Durham, um, know their limitations, play within their limitations, and play. Play. I know. Uh, I don't like this phrase, but they play their role beautifully, yeah. and therefore they fit into a team structure. So he's been very astute with um, some of his roles, and also with. Um, his moves, but as a young coach, he's made a few blues along the way, which um, which 
he's um, obviously learning from all the time because they all make them. We all make them. Anyway. Just back on uh, Andy McGrath for a minute, Rob. Um, there's been a little bit of criticism, especially, uh, I guess, when Andy got injured. Uh, yeah, yes, it may have missed the vote. They had the first pick and they let uh, McCluggage go and also um, Taranto. Um, you... I've seen your uh, responses on Twitter. You're very strong that Essendon got it right. You still feel that way? Oh, the other two are outstanding players. Um, coached against Tim Torano. He was just St. Kevin's boy. Um, McCluggage, what, what a what a Rolls Royce he is. Mm. I just think the answer to the question is what I answered you about McGrath. He's good enough to be an elite midfielder in his own right and stand up in his own right. Um, probably hasn't got McCluggage's polish because um, he's one of the best kicks or movers in the competition up against anybody, Not let, let, let alone a bloke of his same age group. Mm. Taranto's a beast, you know, 190, 90 kilos, different type of player. But as I've alluded to, um, the leadership, what McGrath brings to Essendon is exactly what Essendon required, both on and off the field. Mm. Yeah. And you, we all um, envision he'll one day captain Essendon. Um, I, I guess it's a no-brainer you to agree with that? Yeah, I do. Uh, for all those reasons, highest respect for merit. Um, I think it'll be a McGrath-merit-led... Um, what's Andy? What are they, 23? Um, McGrath, uh, Merritt's older. Um, I think, I think that will be the next. Um, I, I like Ridley. I don't know enough about R Redmond, but he appeals to me as a as a a future leader because of his passion and his drive and his unconditional commitment to winning games. So somewhere along there, there's um. There's your next captain, but um, G. Dyson's doing it very well now, and uh, it was a really good move to um, put him back to halfback for a couple of reasons, you know, his injuries, his feet, um, and to let him run straight at the ball and, and play that role of that general across halfback has been a very good move. Um, you saw that footage, um, Rob, about uh, after the Sydney loss uh, earlier in the year with, um, when Dyson Heppel... Kind of just, you know, just, you could see the side was hurting after another close loss, but he really spoke about, hey, we're going somewhere. You can see the guys seem to uh, grow from that. And um, do you think, yeah, that's what makes Dyson such a great leader, like when you take those moments? Probably one of the best um, bits of footage that's come out of Essendon this year because it clearly, you know, you put highlights on and flashy goals and great marks and, all that sort of stuff that's social media. What people want to know is what's driving the players and who's leading them. And um, that was as good of footage or message to our members um, I've seen from the um, from the digital team on the on the on the website and social media. No question about that. Yeah, you could see how raw it was because you could just see the players how much they were hurting. You know, even when he's speaking. Um, you know, heads yep. down. They really look like they're in, you know, you know, pardon the term, pardon the term, pain, um, you know, of losing that game. And, um, yeah, he's just kind of trying to grab them emotionally, it seems. And, yeah, but he pulled it all together and he, and he, and he spoke 
strongly without emotion. Mm. And um, he spoke with conviction and direction. And those players would have left that, although they were disappointed, they would have left that ground that night feeling a lot better about themselves because of the way the captain spoke to them. Yeah, and, and just on that, uh, Robert, I think it's been a bit of a theme of the season. Like the, the players seem to have been backed a lot more, um, like by the players themselves, um, but also by truck. You know, it seems like the selection put a lot of faith in a lot of guys. You look at, um, you know, the move uh, for Stewart and Laverty to go down back. Like, um, yeah, I think Laverty in particular has had an outstanding year. Um, and then, you know, you look at guys like Peter Wright, you know, he's come from Gold Coast into Essendon. Um, didn't play a game of AFL footy last year, but this year we've backed him in and he's he's playing some some fantastic football. Uh, you know, he, like obviously there's great games where he kicks seven, but the, the ones where he uh, plays a bit more of a role and is able to start taking some big grabs. Um, well, do you think it is, you know, you talked earlier about uh, McGrath um, being one of those guys to drive standards and that kind of thing, and it seems very much the way of Zach Merritt as well. Um, yeah. You look at the the growth of Darcy Parish and like all these guys have um, really grown throughout the course of the year. Um, so um, like that sort of internal motivation for all of them to get better. Like, is that where you see, I guess, a lot of the improvement of the side, like more so than the actual system we've implemented? Uh, the system's solid. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, the balance between... Um, Defence and attack is so much better. Uh, last year, we had a percentage of 70-something. It's gone up mm. 30 points. Yep. Um, once you start moving, I think it's the, you, you know, we can sit here tonight and go through 100 stats and inside 50s and all this. If you're up towards 110 on percentage, you're in the eight. Yep. Because that shows you your balance is right. And it hasn't been. Essendon, um, in the past, as you and I know, exhilarating football, exhilarating. But I remember a very pertinent comment from a media person, um, and it was damning. Um, Essendon and the AFL ex-champions of the AFL. That's a damning statement to a coaching group, to a coach, to a football manager, to a club. And because as soon as we were tested for resilience or ability to cope with the transition of the opposition or to defend as a team, um, we lost. And Rutten... Um, has together with his coaches, and it's not just Rutten, don't forget, to, mm. has brought a really nice balance. And you say about the improvement, improvement comes from the main point is um, coach belief. That's the first thing. If I say to you, Nick, mm. mate, I've got a role for you, and, and you can do this, I'm going to back you in, right? You just became a 25% better player just with those words. Yep. I don't think those words have ever been spoken to Laverty or Langford, you know, mm. Parish, And I think he has empathy and understanding and he can extract and find um, not only the position, but give people the belief to play the position. 
Peter Wright's still a work in place. In a, yep. a work, you know what I mean? He's, um, he's a beautiful kick, one of the best kicks for goal. He's a great mark and his ruck work's improved. But his agility and his groundwork, and I know he's a big boy, there's still a lot of improvement in that player. He's a quiet person. Um, I think his confidence would drop. This is looking on a TV screen. I think his confidence would drop quickly. Mm. Um, he has to be more aggressive in, in his physical one-on-one, where he's wrestling and pushing. So that's not a knock on him. That's actually a real big tick about, gee, goodness me, son, do you realise what you could be? Mm. You know, so these sort of things, Laverde, like it was regulation, Langford in one week, out the other, two weeks, look okay, dropped. And um, it's been been really good. And now it just shows you um, how... What, what sort of input these players can have all approaching their prime of their football. Yeah, and Rob, you know, this year um, reminds me a little, um, I'm going way back, I'm showing my age here, but uh, 1998, uh, I think you were around the club at that time, Rob, were you? I just arrived at the end of that season. I wasn't there for the um, 98 season. I turned up, I was appointed in October or November 98, yes. Okay. Well, I just remember that from that year, we were up and down. You know, we were expected to finish slowly on the ladder. But um, I remember Kevin Sheedy making a real big point, even though we couldn't beat the, the best sides regularly. Uh, we actually, all our losses were under 18 points. I remember Kevin really driving that, just saying, you know, yep. even though sides can beat us, they don't beat us by much. And it's always like, you know, Three goals is nothing in a game of footy over you know, 120 minutes. You remember, I think it was a year or two ago. And can I, the, please, for your listeners and you, when, when you're comparing and you're looking at things, it sounds like a, a, a indirect criticism of past. You can't escape analysing the differences. We are playing a team in a final um, with a very good chance to win uh, that we beat, what, two or three weeks ago um, with an awesome display of um, clearance work that last year, was it last year or the year before, kicked 21 goals straight <laughs> against us to break. That's an AFL record. We were a team that had 21 goals in a row, unanswered, kicked against us. That, that's, that's where we've come from against the Western Bulldogs. And I, I've got to the stage now where, um, I, because of my coaching background, I don't really get overconfident, but I'd be, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't win the game. Very disappointed. Our capabilities are there to win the game, expose them, match them, and take the game away from them. And we've come that far in... I don't know. You can look up the date of that game. Was it, it wasn't last year? The year before? Uh, Twenty nine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Round twenty one. I think it was. From memory. It's a fair whack to stand at full back and watch twenty one in a row go over your head. I tell you. <laughs> anyway, so all along the way we've had a bit of luck. You know, Adrian wanted Dunkley and was going to give away first round a first round pick for him. Um, Footscray wanted two. First round picks, you were never going to get that. But 
that got put to bed and, and now you can look in hindsight, who do we get that with that uh, first round pick? Um, Danaher left, Saad left. We got a first round there, another first round. So, you know, if you take your, no one really wanted those boys to leave, but they did leave. So circumstances, we took advantage very well of the circumstances that presented to us. The club fought tooth and nail to keep Saad mm -hmm. on the same years, you know, the five years, and very much the same money to keep him that Carlton offered. But he still left, so that's fine. He left, but coming in the other way, I'm not sure what what was the pick. Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it was you pick know. eight, right? So who'd we get? Archie Perkins. Okay. So that that's a great selection. A great selection. Um, so we've managed misfortune and we've we've had a bit of luck and all the sort of things that go into building a team. These sort of things happen a lot and um, th those picks, you know, were outstanding. And the unsung hero to me, like Adrian gets all the credit, and he's the list manager, but the worker, the identifier, the talent identifier is the unheralded Rob Forster Knight. He's outstanding in that role. To go and get Snelling and find Draper and to go and watch Richmond VFL week after week and come back and say, I reckon there's a kid called Durham there that we should get. Yeah, I reckon he's got right? a beauty there. And so we always look at the top-end trades. We always say, oh, you know, let's trade. No, this team's made up of, as I said, I, they're not going to end up in the Essendon Hall of Fame as champions of Essendon, but right now, you know, well, actually Draper might. You never know. <laughs> but, gee, look at the role that um, Cutler was basically unwanted. He was finished mm. at Brisbane. Um, he was uh, not physical enough, always a beautiful kick and a good runner. But his commitment to the physical contest wasn't what Fagan wanted, and fair enough. So he's came, he's got an opportunity, he was in and out, they found another spot for him. And once again, um, he's grown in confidence. So it's been a really good balance of juggling draft picks, talent identification, um, late trades with Wright and Hind were excellent. Um, so, and it all fits and they all want to play together. And that's the key. They all want to play, and that what was that statement? Oh, um, um, the players no longer wanted to play um, at Essendon; they wanted to play for Essendon. Mate, as damning as that is, that's that that together with the percentage, I, I put a huge amount of weight on percentage. That statement, together with the percentage of Essendon, is two of the most significant things happened to Essendon in the last four, five, whatever years, doesn't matter. To put to the difference between playing at Essendon and playing for Essendon. That's um that's magnificent. Makes you feel like you're actually following Essendon now. Yeah, absolutely. And that that change around, yeah, you because know, there was the problems that we identified last year, there was a lack of, you know, the Essendon culture, like what is your identity, that kind of thing. So for uh yeah, the track for track the board and, and and everyone else to sort of turn that culture around is 
has been huge for us as fans, and I'm sure for um, uh, for yourself as a past player of the club. Um, yeah, well, he gets it. He he gets it. I don't know what John was doing. I don't know why he referred to us as Essendon people. You know, in a it was a sort of a you know, I think it was about Matthew Lloyd making a comment about match play or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you know, something about Essendon people. Yep. Well, yes, mate, we're Essendon people. And Ben Rutten understood that. One of the first things he did was have the jumper presentation. Uh, it was There was a bit of filming and some... But for Ken Fraser to present a young Jones with the 23 jumper and for, for, for Jonesy to know who Ken Fraser was, that's significant, absolutely significant. And for all those older type players or veteran type players and blokes a lot older than me and my age group and um, to mix and for those players to see them is a, um, it's another piece in the jigsaw that Rutten's been able to develop this team. And no doubt they're playing for Essendon and they're playing for their jumper. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I notice is um, just how much they seem to enjoy each other's company. You know, like they really feel, in, you know, they're all invested under the same goal. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, is what you want to see in a team is uh, everyone, you know, pushing in the right direction and the same well, direction. I'll give you an interesting scenario. Um, the best thing that happened to the that sort of stuff that you spoke about, the closeness, the togetherness, the friendships, the bonds, and it goes against the um, the social media conspiracy theories, um, poor us, um, etc. The best thing to happen to this young group was to spend time in Noosa Heads, away from Melbourne winter, away from lockdowns in Melbourne, training in freezing conditions and to go away and to play those couple of games at Metricon, wasn't it? Yep. And to spend three or four weeks away was perfectly timed. Well, not perfectly timed. They were instructed. And people blaming Xavier Campbell for not fighting. And we've got to play at Marvel. In hindsight, I think it's significant to where we are now. If you look at our side... Tell me if I'm, are we, do we look fit and sharp, yeah. right? Yeah, we look fresh. We look yeah. full of energy. Um, we look up and about. And actually, not without dropping a name, and it wasn't McGrath's mum. I spoke to a mum because I wanted to check my facts. And it's a mum I talked to on social media, and I said, I need an answer from a mum. Um because people were saying, oh, they missed their own beds. They they didn't take their own pillow. They missed mum's roast dinner. Like, God help us, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing. And look how they've come back. And they're tighter. They're closer. Mate, these are young blokes. They're doing their recovery on Noosa Beach and then going and get a coffee together. And... It helps injuries. It helps recovery. And the greatest thing is it's freshened this up, this team up on the eve of the finals and has played a significant role in, in their last three games. Um, they don't look a tired side. They look a side that's got more in them. 
and can go on with more. So all those theorists out there that, you know, oh, the AFL are doing this so we, you know, miss the fine. Goodness me, please, people. Please. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the finals, um, Shuri, and uh, obviously being played in Tasmania, which is a fantastic, obviously, two games uh, being played yeah. down there. So as a, as a prayer of Tasmania, man, yourself, like, how, how are you sort of soaking it up? No, it's good. It's great. It's a great ground. It's a very traditional ground. It's modern now, but it's big and wide and it's flat. Um, it can be, oh, well, gee, all outside venues are wind influence. It can be uh, wind influence from um, from uh, this, the left of screen down to the down to the bottom end. Um, it will suit Essendon. They'll play very well there. It's a quick ground. Um, so, and it's a full house with um, a lot of Essendon people down there. And they love their footy because an hour after Essendon sold out, GWS in Sydney sold out. So to have it back-to-back in that town is excellent. Excellent. Rob, it's... Uh... Few questions around match selection. We haven't got the team yet, but sorry, um, I'm coughing. You're making me talk. I haven't talked this much. I'm in lockdown. <laughs> I've got no one. I've got no one to talk to. <laughs> uh, Rob, with the selection, we haven't got the sides yet, but um, there's been some talk. We've got uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip Woody, Kyle Langford, uh, Kale Hooker, Nick Cox, uh, Jai Caldwell. Uh, how are you looking at the selection? If, if it was you. Would you roll the dice with AMT? Uh, no, no. Um, um, I see one change. Um, I hope there's one change because I'm a great believer in, um, as we've spoken about regularly through this conversation, the team is balanced in form. They know their roles. They've been playing really well together. And I would be very concerned. It might look better on paper. You bring those four players in, you'll go, oh, doesn't that look team look good? I reckon that's a pretty sure way, far away how to lose the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what this team's doing. I would add, last time we played the Bulldogs, we didn't have McGrath and Langford. Now we get, and we dominate the midfield and the clearances. I would add Langford because he can play wing. He's a big body. He can play midfield, and we know what he's, he's kicked 13-3, I think, yep. um, as a midfield forward. So he would be my only change. Um, the worry with Anthony's selection is a comment to, that I read that Rutten himself said. We are monitoring Anthony, and we will continue to give him our most support. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's, I, I hope they are. Well, I know they are, but, um, that's not a selection statement for mine. If they wanted to play Cox, I think he can play because he's a natural. Um, I'm sure, I don't know why he didn't have game time last. I know you've got to get an injury, but. There were plenty of sore blokes out there that could. I would have been more confident if he played a half or even a quarter. They are light on for height in their back line, even though Footscray have got Alex Keith back. But a hooker 
right partnership can stretch them, but I'm a little bit worried if it is windy and we get some weather in Tassie, um, you can find yourself unbalanced and Corbell's not even on my radar. I don't know. He's played three games. He's had a history of, and for some reason, he's become Joe Mercedes. I <laughs> yeah. that, He may well be next year. Let's hope so. But at the moment, he's had two really bad reoccurrences of a hamstring and he's been playing scratch matches, 16-a-side scratch matches. There's no need to make that call with the way we're playing. It's it's a des it's we're not at desperation stake. So, uh, to answer your question, um, one change for me, Langford, who's going out? I'm going to sit on the fence till Sunday. And the reason being, they don't have to pick their team. They can look at the Footscray team. They can get down to Tassie. They can have a training run. They can double check everyone. Because don't forget, we'll name 18 and what is it, seven on the bench or something. So tonight's team, uh, while it will look very close to uh, Sunday's side, I would buy time and make a decision on the day. With the, last, with the last position, I haven't got anyone clearly in mind and also the medical sub, but... Um, that's how I would do it. If I was part of a coaching group, wait till we get down there, train, get up Sunday morning, have a look. Then, unfortunately, at the team meeting, at the breakfast meeting before the game, um, stand up and say, look, I'm, I'm sorry, Nick, but uh, it'll be you that will miss out and uh, Lang Langers is coming into the side. That's how I think they would do it. So um, I haven't got a preference at the moment yeah, it's pretty uh pretty tough call i think a lot of us have done the the calculations that are ahead but um look we've we've taken up uh obviously quite a lot of your time Robert, well, would you been... hang on would you bring would you bring four or five players into that nah. so personally I, i'm i'm with yourself i want langford in if he's fit um he's been 20 he'll be 30 days so he's a week he's got a week up his sleeve or a couple mm. of weeks here 21 days 24 days He's out to 30 days. I think he's critically important. And if we hit him in the midfield last time and we've added McGrath and Langford, gee, uh, I, uh, I like that. But yeah. and minimal, let's, not do, let's not, not do any damage at the selection table that we don't have to do, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Now, uh, so for the game itself, you know, do we think we go into the same sort of game plan Robin, and how do you see it playing out? Do you see a, an S and a It's a great question. They had a very clear plan. Dylan Clark was on Daniels and uh, Snelling took a bit of time on Daniels. They both pushed up and mm. made sure that Liberatory, Liberatory only had two clearances. Yep. I'm out of the old school that don't, don't surprise them. Let them know the same stuff's coming again. Because if you go in and say, oh, we did, and, and that's probably a little bit different to Ben. Ben saying, oh, we probably won't go with the same thing we did last time. Um, yeah, but be careful not to outsmart yourself. You have a formula that's proven successful against this team. Don't allow Daniels Free to set up off half back and ensure that Liberatore doesn't 
dominate clearances and give a supply line to Bontem Pelly and then Draper to dominate the ruck. So <coughs> I'm going with the same again and I'm going to let the Bulldogs know it's coming again. But that's the way I was brought up with Sheeds and how Sheeds coached. He would um, – so I'm influenced that way and maybe the more recent, not the – you know, that was the 2000s, but um, uh, that's what Sheeds would do. So uh, he'd give it to them again, straight down the barrel and see if they can cope again, but obviously have a plan B to go if Liberatore gets away from you or he might tag Parrish. They might try and break it up that way. So um, I'm, I'm going with a form system in a form team, Yes. Well, thanks so much, Rob. We know uh, you like to get to watch the news, so we're going to let you go. But um, we thank you so much for your time, and uh, yeah, we always appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I hope it goes well. hope I've made some sort of sense. But as you know, it's um, it's just what we think, and you ask the questions and I answer them. Good on you, Rob. See you. Thank you. Go, Bombers. <laughs> and you're listening to the Don's cast, and uh, it was fantastic to have Robert Shaw join us again, and we really thank him for his time. Uh, how did you find that, mate? Yeah, it was excellent, mate. Uh, as always, he's he's really opening his views, and um, yeah, he's a obviously quite a good analyst of the game, and um, it's it's great that we got uh, uh, quite a lot of time uh, with Rob yet again. Very generous with that, so yeah, I found it fantastic. Yeah, well, after we've had that interview, we've now got the sides that's come to hand, mate, so we can actually read it out. Um, do you want to start with the reading of the side from the back line, mate? Beautiful, mate. All right. So from the backs, we got Mason Redman, Jaden Laverde, and Tom Cutler. Off the half back, we got the captain, Dyson Heppel, Jordan Ridley, and Nick Hind. Don't think there's any surprises in the back line there, mate. No, nah, that's the back line you'd name. Um, you know, it's been you know, very consistent, uh, those back six. Especially Cutler was the, probably the surprise that's come in the last five or six weeks. Because mm. uh, honestly, we thought he was you know, a player that was you know, basically just going through the motions that and end up being delisted. But uh, now it looks like he's an you know, integral part of that back line. Yeah, well, that's been the interesting thing. I mean, just quickly on Tom Cutler, like we've been saying throughout the season, it's not that we didn't think he could play. Like he's he's got a, he's always had all, all the tools to play. He's you know he's got a yeah, bigger bodies, good height, um, you know, got speed, got a huge leg on him, uh, but now he's got some confidence. So it's uh, fantastic to see. And, yeah, he's, he's really, uh, yes, mentioned a spot in that side. Uh, so going from the centre line there, so uh, Andrew McGrath, Zach Merritt and Alec Waterman, uh, interesting uh, setup there for Waters. Um, off the half forwards, we've got Will Snelling, Aaron Francis and Archie Perkins. The forward line of Jake Stringer, Peter Wright, and Devin Smith, with the followers Sam Draper, Darcy Parrish, and Dylan Shield. And uh, extended bench, obviously, um, from Jimmy Stewart, Dylan Clark, Matt Guelphie, Nick Cox, Sam Durham, Jai Caldwell, Andrew Phillips, and Marty Gleason. Yeah, well, um, yeah, no Kyle Langford and no Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody. So, um, and I guess to a lesser extent, no Carl Hooker, which probably was expected. But um, 
Yeah, it just goes to show the the club's reluctant to make too many changes to a, a winning formula. Um, I tend to think, mate, with Joey Caldwell being named, I reckon they're going to roll the dice on him. Um, he's only twenty years old still. Can you believe that, mate? Mm, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So he's only a year older when you think about it. About the Nick Cox and Archie Perkins. So, um, and he's a jet. You know, he's going to be. a you know, such a good midfielder for us. Um, but, yeah, I think if he's named in that, you know, as part of the eight at this stage, I think he'll play in some shape or form on Sunday. See, it's a, it's a big call. Um, I mean, I, I sort of tend to think, based off the, the in, so uh, of potentially Caldwell, Cox, Gleason, Phillips, uh, that says to me they probably won't change a side. Um, I mean, you'd be very hard-pressed to play a side with Phillips, um, Wright and um, uh, Draper in the one side, unless the plan is to really stretch uh, Western Bulldogs for height, knowing their back line is um, shorter. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd... Yeah, with Caldwell with his hamstring um, history, I, I'd be very reticent to chuck him straight in. But uh, look, he he did really turn it on uh, in those two uh, sort of scratch matches, if you will. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lee, um, what's his name? Lee, uh, the Lee Tudor. Uh, yeah, had big raps on him. Said he, you know, looked. Um, you know, to another level over anyone else on the field during those scratches. So uh, he's obviously got the class. Um, but to me, uh, if you're going to bring in a Jai Caldwell, the only one I could see coming out was, would be potentially a, a Clark or, um, you know, or someone like that. Um, maybe a Guelphy uh, who'd be very, um, yeah, very unlucky to miss. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you were bringing him in, mate, who misses out? Well, I guess, yeah, and I hate to see him out of the side, but uh, and it's a bit of a shame. But Matt Guelph is the perfect sub because mm. he can basically do, you know, play any area you need him to. But um, yeah, I'd still like to see Matt Guelph retain his spot because he's a real effort-based player. Um, so yeah, look, it's always easy to throw players in when you don't have to take them out. But um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just that's my gut feel. I, I reckon if anyone was in danger, it's probably Clark. Um, you know, and, and that's not a reflection of what he's done. You know, he's, he's been great since he's been added in. Uh, his kicking is always going to be a, a bit of a liability, mate, in terms of, um, you know, it's not, it's just through his action. It's not the greatest kick in the world. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I'm based on effort. Again, if you, I was just said about Mac Welpy, but Dylan Clark, you know, is like that again. And, I think Jai Caldwell, um, yeah, he gives something different. He's very good with his hands, um, you know, low to ground, a bit like um, Darcy Parrish in that way. Mm. Um, so, look, I, I've, you know, I, I wonder you know, which way the club's going to go, but I'm just basing it on how Truck has selected the side, especially the last few weeks. When a name's been... Uh, you know, named on their bench, you know, someone we hadn't seen or coming back from injury, uh, a la uh, Dylan Shield uh, and then uh, Dylan Shield, sorry, and also um, 
then Andy McGrath. They were both surprise named uh, players on the extended bench and both of them ended up playing. And that's why I'm referring it back to that because I, I just think that if Truck has named him, um, I expect to see him there on Sunday. Yeah, well, either way, it looks like a pretty good um, pretty good side, mate. And uh, as we sort of reflected earlier, um, you know, it's great to see a, a side. We're not limping into finals. We're not trying to find find 22 blokes who can take the field as has happened in previous years, you know, um, yeah, whether it's a, um, you know, an underdone um, Dyson Heppel or, uh, or something like that, like just trying to get blokes over the line. Um, you know, we've got fit blokes, you know, ready, fit, firing to go. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, the, the game for Sunday. Yeah, well, let's hope um, Tipper's going okay because, you know, we're, we're huge fans of his, of course. And, um, you know, if he's struggling with anything, you know, exterior to football, um, yeah, just wish him all the best because um, he's exhilarating to watch. Uh, and, yeah, we're all supporting you, Anthony. Um, yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's still in a frame of mind that he can still turn up to the club and train. And uh, as um, Sean Murphy said, he, he is pushing closer to selection. So, um, let's hope he gets another chance next week, mate, if we uh, break that horrible curse that we've got over our heads. Mm, absolutely. Uh, it'll be great. And Kyle Langford, too, would be sweating on the, the boys doing the job on Sunday because I'm sure the club's just being cautious with that because I think um, if there was no risk, I think he would certainly be named. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're not trying to rush them through um, because, uh, you know, you can imagine if we tried to bring them back um, all of a sudden within 15 minutes of the game where we're down a couple of blokes, that kills you for the match, uh, but also for, for their longevity in the game. I mean, it would be a shame to, you know, we rushed him back the first time around. He's done his handy again. Uh, if we rushed him back a third time, just that... Soft, like continual soft tissue injuries, as you know, as uh, Caldwell can attest to, um, you know, it can take you some time to get over them if you uh, keep, um, you know, having that recurring injury. But, um, yeah, look, uh, going into the match, mate, um, what are your sort of predictions for it? Um, you know, we've it's been a long time since we've done these, as you, as you said, but, um, predictions in terms of, you know, First goal or, you know, most possessions, what are you seeing for us? All right. Well, I think first goal, um, I'm going to go with the club's leading goal kicker and that's Dylan. Uh, sorry, Dylan. That's Jake Stringer. So uh, I'd love to see Jake light it up early against his old team. So Jake Stringer for me to kick the first goal. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be exciting, mate. I'm sure he'd be, he'd love the, the challenge of just ripping it out of the guts and, kicking it towards goal, but I reckon it'll, he'll be involved, but he'll take it out of the centre and kick it down to Peter Wright. He'll clunk one down forward, mate, and uh, and kick out first. That's my uh, that's my tip for our first goal. Uh, oh, that's the first one. Most possessions. Well, this is a tough one now because we've got so many players that can find the ball. I guess the, the favourites will be Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish. 
Um, we know last time they really sat someone on uh, Darcy to really kind of stifle his influence in the game. So, yeah, I'm going to say they're going to do that again. I think Zach Barrett will be the one that gets out and gets the most possessions. Yeah, well, might not be a uh, bad call there, mate. Um, I'm going to go for one a bit different. I reckon Andy McGrath might get get involved. Um, you know, he's been... He's come back the last couple of weeks and got a few touches. And one thing I've really liked about his game, these last two games he's coming back, um, is he's just so quick with the hands, mate. Um, he gets in and under, he's able to weave in and out of traffic. And I think with someone sitting on Parrish, potentially them uh, putting a lot of focus on merit as well, I reckon it might be a chance for Andy McGrath to uh, weave his magic and uh, be that sort of release player, uh, you know, potentially getting a, a shield involved or... Um, yeah, helping Stringer get those extra couple of metres to, to burst out. So I'll go for Andy McGrath. All right. And lastly. Lastly, mate, um, who wins and by how much? Well, mate, um, after 17 years, um, I am still a little bit spooked um, come finals time. I want to believe, you know, I want to believe this is the one. But um, I just, I guess my fear from... Previous years are still there. So I think we're going to take it right up to the dogs, but I am a bit concerned. So I think we might go down by seven points. Oh, mate, I'm going to back us in. I'm going to back the Dons in to win by 17 points. Um, you know, I reckon the way we played last time where we, we basically choked them up with their clearance work, um, and you look at their forward line at the moment, their ability to kick a score. Like last time, Bruce kicked three goals to us, really could have kicked a lot more. Um, and he's, he's obviously injured. He's not there. Uh, Norton doesn't seem to have come back right since he had that uh, concussion. Um, you know, and you look back to our game where he just def- definitely didn't have his kicking boots on, mate. Uh, he still looked dangerous, but um, yeah, all for naught if you... Uh, can't kick him through, but um, I think... on. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, just with him um, chucking a few things around, you know, with English last week playing basically down forward um, for the whole game, uh, I, I found that was, that was a bit weird, uh, a bit of a weird move from Bev, whether he doesn't trust English's uh, tap work. If you're bringing in a, um, an underdone Martin... Um, you know, how does that sort of look? When, well, he uh, didn't. He didn't make the side, mate. So, ah, uh, not at all. No. So, yeah. maybe we should quickly read out the side, mate, because yeah, um, probably good to know who we're playing. All right. Know. So, if I go back, if I go from the back line uh, for the dogs, so uh, Jeray, Keith, and Williams, uh, and then they got Caleb Daniel, Zane Cordy, and Bailey Dale. The centres, they've got Adam Trelaw, Josh Dunkley and Lockie Hunter. Off the half forwards, they've got uh, Latham Vandermeer, Aaron Norton and Bailey Smith. The forward line of Tim, uh, Tom Liberatore, Tim English, Cody Waitman. Followers of Lewis Young, Jack McRae and Marcus Bontempelli. With the extended interchange of Josh Shackey, Anthony Scott, uh, Jason Johannesson, Rourke Smith, Ryan Gardner, Riley West, Mitch Hannon, and Easton Wood. Yeah, so no Eugle Hagen as well. Um, so 
that's a, a few players that were tipped to make the um, side, you know, like or be around the mark, not named. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, look, the thing that worries me, uh, we know our midfield's really improved, mate, which, you know, so good as a core, but when you read out the Bulldogs' midfield, it's pretty scary as well. Mm. Um, and they've probably got the classiest midfield uh, in the comp in the bond. So he's going to have to, we're going to have to do something to keep him out of the game. Like uh, last time we kind of put the heat on Tom Liberatore and as Robert Shaw said, he only had two clearances and he usually is a huge clearance player. Mm. Um, so we're going to have to look to do the same like Rob called for um, to try and you know make sure that, the bonds not getting out and uh, you know punishing us with his skills. Uh, you know, Trelaw will be better for the run. Dunkley hasn't looked quite right, mate, since he's come back, like mm. from that shoulder. Um, and just on a side note, uh, there was reports during the week that we uh, tested his in, uh, tested if he was still interested in joining the Bombers. Um, and he has told us, no, he's not. He's uh, happy at the Bulldogs. So, yeah, but getting back to the game, I just think that, you know, that midfield's pretty strong as well. You know, you had McRae and, uh, you know, Liberatore, Bond, um, Trelaw, Dunkley, um, Hunter, all of these guys. Are, you know, it's going to be a tough tough to win that area of the ground. But um, we've certainly got the players to do it and we've got a definite ruck advantage. Yeah, definitely. Oh, like I, I reckon Sam Draper might have a bit of a day out, um, and that's where I think <clears throat> we might have a bit, a uh, bit of an advantage with our uh, midfield. If uh, Draper's giving him silver service, uh, feeding it down their throat, um, because certainly we've seen uh, the connection between our midfield and the forward line has improved out of sight, um, really over the last uh, sort of. Five or six weeks, uh, we've seen the guys really lower their eyes uh, going into the forward line, which is uh, fantastic to see. So, yeah, look, mate, it'll be a, a fantastic contest uh, in any way. Um, getting the inside info from Rob Shaw, mate, says it can be a bit of a um, you know, a bit of a windy ground, you know, because it's a bit more open. Um, and I'm sort of hoping that uh, with us training at Windy Hill or um, Tullamarine. Um, over the course of the year, whether that might play into our hands a bit, be able to read the wind a bit better. Um, so, yeah, I'll, it'll be a fascinating um, contest, but uh, we're, we're definitely in this. It's certainly not like, uh, you yeah, know, finals campaigns we've uh, we've witnessed uh, in more recent years, mate. Um, yeah, well, we're hoping for a miracle. Yeah, that's it. No, I think we'll, we'll be right in this. And, uh, yeah, I reckon the, the boys... Boys have got the uh, the fortitude, the game plan, and, and the belief in each other uh, to get it done. Yeah, and what a great way it would be to get to Donut Day, mate, uh, <laughs> where we can actually say that bloody Twitter feed where it says uh, days since Essendon's last final, how great would a uh, final win, how great would it be to put up the donuts, mate, and say, um, yeah. That was one hour ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think every Essendon supporter would love to get that monkey off our back. Um, yeah, it's something that, you know, I'm sure we're all kind of uh, reminded by our opposition fans uh, who like to let us know that, um, you know, we, we haven't done much um, in the last 17 years. But, uh, 
you know, they haven't probably won 16 premierships. That's uh, my quick comeback. But um, right. yeah. but it doesn't hold much water when it was like 20 odd years ago. So it might <laughs> yeah. something a little bit more relevant, uh, especially with the younger generation, because they just look at me and go, well, is that in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah well um yeah i'm excited mate you know i'm, I'm counting the hours down actually you know waiting for this final to come around um regardless what happens like obviously you know i'm hoping like we've all hoped that we can win this game but you know regardless i think we're on the right platform mate to build from this regardless and mm. um you know with trucks theme of Let's not put any ceiling on this. Uh, the sky's the limit. And I even heard Dylan Shield on RSN um, this today, and um, he didn't shy away from it at all. He was almost saying, like, yeah, well, at the moment our aim is to win the premiership this year. So um, I guess the philosophy is if you're still in it, you can still win it. Absolutely, mate. And look, we saw in 2016 the dogs came from seventh to, to win the flag. So... Look, you're you're in with a shot. Um, as Jakey said, you got a you got a ticket to the dance, and uh, uh, we could just gonna write our own story and uh, and see how that unfolds. But um, I think like the main thing is um, look whether we win lose um, definitely don't want to draw on the weekend. Um, but uh, like this year has by far been the most um, I suppose rewarding year. Uh, from a fan perspective, just to see the development of the side, the way the boys are playing for each other, um, yeah, the, the culture back of the club, the reconnection with history, um, it's just been fantastic to see. So um, either way this contest goes, the boys can uh, hold their head up high for a season while play, but I'm hoping they go for a few weeks more yet, mate. Yeah, and um, seven debutants this year, I think it was. So, yeah, that's fantastic, you know, really blooding these players and um, you know, with a first round pick this year as well to come and a uh, Zach Reed who should be fit next year. Um, wouldn't it be great that we've still got more talent coming through. So yeah, let's, um, let's hope like hope that we can uh, take this game and uh, move on to next week, which would be fantastic. But no matter what, it's a real privilege to make the finals and, and now we just want to leave our mark. So Till uh, Sunday's or Sunday or Monday's uh, pod for next week. Go Bombers. Go Dons.